You're listening to Corporate Multiplayer. The official podcast of the 401 Game Zone. to Cooperative Multiplayer, the official 4-1 Game Zone podcast. And yes, I know, it has been about two weeks since we did a podcast, sometimes. Yeah, I'm trying to adjust myself to this new schedule of working 4 in the morning on Sundays, and then getting myself to do everything else afterwards, and then having other things going on, and, you know, so. Yeah, but at least we're doing this today, and uh, with me... It's Mr. Mark Morrison. How are you? I'm pretty tired. How are you? I'm the same way, man. Same way. But hey, at least we have uh, plenty of stuff to talk about, having had two weeks to to sit on it. And probably, you know, it happened uh, this weekend, all this stuff with Star Wars and Battlefront and all this these announcements going on. Uh, they, uh... They gave us quite a lot to digest on, or, or whatnot, I guess. Is uh, what they g- have announced for Battlefront make you more excited about the game, or less excited? I mean, they gave us no story, uh, no story mode, which the first Battlefront didn't have a story mode either. Um, you'll be able to, I think, play with Boba Fett and Darth Vader, some of the characters, and... Uh, you know, it's going to hit November 17th, like a month before the, the thing hits theaters, and they announced some of the planets and whatnot, too, so anything surprise you or excite you there? I, I kind of just wish it was called Battlefront 4, because of all the stupid Battlefront 3 fans from Pandemic. Yes. <laughs> just, just that reason. Well, I don't think they showed any gameplay in that footage, did they? No, it's still only that little teaser trailer. And, I mean, they did explain that they didn't want any uh, space battles. Which I can kind of... And it's only going to do with stuff from the original trilogy. Nothing with the prequel or anything. But, I mean, their explanation is that they want epic planetary battles. And that you have X-Wings. And you can fight with X-Wings and TIE Fighters. But, you know, it's uh, just part of being on those planets and everything instead of just having it be in space and all that stuff which you're going to be able to be on Tatooine, Endor, Hoth and Solist. So I can take um, part in the great I can take part in the great uh, Ewok war. All right, yeah, you can have all the Ewok. I mean, you know somebody's going to want to see all those Ewoks in there, you know. Wasn't that the the clip that they showed in the, in the trailer anyway was the one from three where it's probably set, yeah it's set in that little area where the Ewoks are where they go in the forest or whatever. I kind of <sighs> don't want it to be first person. You don't? No, because the previous games weren't, <laughs> and I'm kind of tired of first person shooters. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want it to be third person too. You'd want to see your character, you know. It's just 
I think uh, they can do it third person. I don't see why not. I mean, I don't understand the point of having all that. But you, also, yeah. how do how do you do like first person? I assume a Jedi. There's going to be like a class for Jedi somewhere in that game. How do you do like a first person lightsaber? <laughs> they tried to do it with Connect, right? That that Jedi battles thing. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work though. <laughs> like that's the whole thing. Is like uh, I think Jedi Knight Two and Jedi Knight Three are. I think it's called Jedi Academy. Like it's you can play it in first person, but when you switch to a lightsaber, it zooms up to a third person view because you kind of have to do that. Yeah. True. I think they'll figure it out. I just, I'm like you though. I'm kind of getting tired of the the first person stuff, and we got to talk about a few first person games on here anyway. But it's just. Uh, it's kind of getting into overload, you know, and so... Well, it's all DICE can make now is first-person games, and it's like... Well, they did say it's supposed to be... I mean, they showed that it's not a Battlefield reskin, which is what people were worried about. But did you really think they had a reason to worry about it being a Battlefield reskin at one point? Or? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what about the stuff with the, with the movie? Any, did you watch that trailer? Did you get excited, get goosebumps? Or? Harrison Ford kind of made me sad, but it looked fine. <laughs> I know that's the only thing that kind of made me like, man, I wish they would have thought of to do this like 10 years earlier. <laughs> you know? Because you have to wonder, depending on... I mean, it's a real, very, real, yeah, very realistic that, you know, some of them couldn't may not be here by the time you get to that third movie or something you know sadly just it's oh. a possibility also Carrie Fisher being either drunk or stoned or whatever she was on for that uh, fan celebration video was pretty great yeah. she didn't look all, all there uh, she's supposed to not be wearing the buns or whatever for this one which apparently made a lot of people angry I don't, people are just too uh, why, why are they even making it then <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's the whole reason. Uh, they also revealed that first uh, anthology film called The Rogue One that's supposed to be set between three and four that has... It's just a bunch of... Uh, I think it's... Well, it's the first like standalone film, but they're apparently going to make a bunch more of these that's just like a bunch of resistance fighters that are trying to steal the Death Star plans. <laughs> I was more interested in what they just said earlier Today about how like the KOTOR games are are no longer canon, and it's I like I thought they said that before that like almost everything that basically well they said that about before. all the books and stuff which is fine but like the KOTOR games literally take place thousands of years ago in that universe who cares <laughs> like yeah what like let them be like let them be canon what does it matter anymore. Well, but in the same token, you know, you're just saying, why does it matter anymore? Why does it matter if it isn't canon, you know? Because people like those stories and those characters, that's the thing. And there is some connective tissue between, I think it's KOTOR 2 and the movies. Yeah, it's, uh... Disney, you know, they want their own thing to everything. They want... Everything has to be from something that they created or or whatever, and and I can kind of understand that, you know. It's just 
Yeah, and that's another thing too, Daniel, who's in the chat. Welcome, Mr. Daniel. Um, hopefully, one of these days you'll be able to be back on the actual podcast. But um, you are missed. He uh, he says that it can let them redo it if they want. You think that that could ever come into play? A VA saying, "Okay, let's," or maybe either you reboot them and say, "Okay, we're going to start a new Knights of the Old Republic games." Or I doubt it because I think the Old Republic is still going on. As an MMO. Like, that's yeah, the, the MMO, but you can have your own games set in that universe that are not part of the MMO. And they also tried to make a KOTOR 3. I think, I want to say Obsidian made like a pitch and EA didn't want it. Yeah, I mean, the guys that, well, supposedly the guys that made KOTOR 2 still are around and continue to talk about how they think about this all the time, but it never gets past that or anything. Yeah. And they and they did say that they're going to release all 20 books on September 4th. So, if you wanted to read a lot about Star Wars between what happened, I guess at the end of Return of the Jedi, you can uh, go read those. It's there. The series is called Journey to the Force Awakens. So, I just hope uh, Star Wars Masters of Terrascasi is still canon. What is that again? That was a really bad fighting game on PS1. Oh, God, no, not that fighting game. I remember what you're talking about now. <laughs> and I mean, and, and Daniel brings up the point about, you know, the older public could be an anthology film if they wanted to make it, too. Yeah. Sure. Has a better story. It has a better story than the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, it's just uh, it's still plenty to go with these Star Wars things. Um, I'm excited now. I, I kind of wasn't that excited, honestly. Then when I watched that second teaser, I was kind of like, okay, now I'm kind of getting into this. I don't want to get too hyped up because, you know, if it doesn't meet expectations or whatever, then I can't really be upset about it. So, uh Another thing that got uh, that goes along with something that kind of happened earlier in, I guess it was almost last week now, uh, 2K Australia closed, and then this morning they revealed that the writer and game design director of Gear, uh, Borderlands has left Gearbox. Um, he said that things have changed. He's no longer working at Gearbox. Um, basically, it almost seems like this kind of has something to do with the Australia closing because he was one of the guys that went on Twitter and said that you know he thought 2K Australia did amazing stuff and you know he's uh, he loved to work with them again and I mean 2K Australia is the ones that made the pre-sequel and they also made Bioshock 2 so and I was surprised to learn that that was the last AAA studio that Australia had yeah but uh, you know you think uh, this well one of those games you just mentioned was good (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know what? Are you talking about uh, Bioshock 2 being good? Yeah. I didn't think pre-sequel was that bad. I just... It was it was decent for its time. I, I, you know, I played a little bit of it. I didn't... It was a little bit different than the, fir- the first two. So, I liked it because you kind of get Handsome Jack's story a bit in there and whatever. But it's not... 
It felt just like a side. Well, it felt like a very like a side story that, and the whole like pre sequel stuff was just kind of nonsense. I thought. Like, right, it, it ma- didn't feel like a prequel to the games. Right, it felt more like here's Handsome Jack's story, sort of. Yeah. Like, I know they're at work on Borderlands Three, but. Right. I mean, Two Castlevania wasn't going to be doing that anyway. Just... I, I heard that definitive collection on, I think it was Xbox One, is pretty bad with uh, the pre-sequel. Oh, really? Like, the, the, it has a like, massive... I, I, I read a report that like, it had, like, massive screen-carrying issues, and it just does not look correct. Alright. I'll take your word for it. So, before we get too much more, what have you been playing in this time that we've... Uh, well, Mortal Kombat X and GTA V came out on PC. Uh, GTA V is good, and Mortal Kombat X is not. <laughs> uh, like, GTA V actually kind of works. Like, it has some, like, occasional problems, but compared to the previous Rockstar games, it's really good on PC, and it can scale up and down pretty well. Uh, Mortal Kombat X is a travesty. It Damn. launched broken with, like... It didn't launch correctly at all. Like it just launched with like the menu, and then like a day later, it started downloading characters for it. Yikes! Uh, I finished it. I finished the story yesterday. It only took me about three hours. Uh, it doesn't run well on that computer at all. Uh, I won't be playing it much. And yeah, I'm pretty disappointed in it. <laughs> yeah, but do you? Th- is it? Do you think it's just your computer or? Uh, well, I made the minimum specs for it, but I've heard like on like better machines, it still doesn't run great. And yeah, it's just kind of a weird game. Like it has a bunch of like free to play, uh, or not free to play, but like you can buy crypt currency for it, uh, which to unlock everything in the crypt, you need literally five like over five hundred thousand coins, and that's a lot. <laughs> Or you could just like it's like either grind out all the coins or pay twenty bucks to unlock it all, and it's like no. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll use I. Th- this is my response: was I used cheat engine to give myself a million coins and just did it all myself. <laughs> Wait, you used cheat engine to get all the coins and unlock everything? Yeah. Wow. Screw them. I also gave myself, like, uh, 60 of those easy fatality tokens. I'm not going to pay for that crap. <laughs> but was it anything, like, really needed for the game? Or is it just a bunch of costumes? Or 80% of it is literally fan art or, like, concept art. 10% is, like, music. And the other 10% is, like, costumes. Ah. Uh, okay. I bought Axiom Verge. Uh, I like that a lot. And I bought... Well, I didn't buy it, but I got Omega Quintet to review. And that's a mess. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about this with the Omega Quintet. So, but if people... People who may not even know what this game is... It's an idle simulation slash JRPG. Uh, it's coming out supposedly 
it's either this week or next week. It's kind of unclear at this point. I've seen two different re- release dates. Like, the JRPG side is fine enough, but you have to grind out everything uh, in, to an insane degree. It's made by the same guys who did, who did like, Hyperdimension at Tunia, and it shows. Yeah, okay. Uh, like, my review isn't up yet, but I think I gave it, like, a 5.5 out of 10. So just for that AP- RPG part? No, for the whole game. <laughs> Well, I meant, like, mainly because the, the JRPG for it is... Well, like, the RPG part is relatively fine. Like, if you're just, like, playing battles, it's actually pretty solid, but it's everything surrounding it that this is terrible. Hey, Daniel, you... you Is that you? Yes, it is. All right, man. What's up? Do you want to talk yeah, about Star Wars stuff? Uh, I can talk about whatever. Uh, Star Wars, the one thing that really disappointed me was we still don't have any gameplay from Battlefront. We just have in-engine graphics. At least it's an Which, engine, you know, and it's not cinematics. Yeah, but that still worries me that we still haven't seen gameplay for it yet. Uh, yeah. I'd say the bigger problem is that there's no story. <laughs> You think that's a well, problem, can... even though the first game didn't have it? Yeah, but the first game came out like 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> I don't think you really have to have a story for it, mainly because everybody's going to be getting it just to be a Star Wars Battlefront or Battlefield game, and you will get a story with the, uh, the free DLC that comes out in December, a week before the movie, where you find out about the desert planet. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't think that's a big deal. I think it also made a lot of people happy where you didn't hear anything about battles on the boo with Gungans or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, but, but is there a chance that it comes into, like, Titanfall territory where because it doesn't have this... I mean, it does have missions and stuff, so it's not like it doesn't have something you would do in single player as opposed to Titanfall where you just didn't have single player at all. But does it run into that territory where... People do get upset that it doesn't have this overarching narrative that goes with the game that maybe ties into the movies. I don't think worry. so because, well, I don't think it would because you're looking at what, 30, 40 years of movie storyline? It's kind of hard to tie a story in over 30 or 40 years. Lego Star Wars did it. <laughs> well, but still, I mean, like, you, you don't, don't have, have to, somebody. Like, I don't have to tell the whole story, I'll agree, but, like, the Battle of Hoth or, you know, just certain battles, you can tell, you can tell like, a little story about that, I guess. Uh, I, I think the stories for those battles are pretty much ingrained in anybody that's going to play the game at this point. And that's, I think that's why you're seeing, initially, there not being a lot of stories, but as you get to the free DLC, you're going to get some type of storyline explaining what happened at that planet. Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason why they looked at it and said, we don't need to tell people what's happening on Hoth or on Endor. We're going to focus on telling people what happened on this new planet before the new movie. Yep. Fair enough. 
So, you know, continuing to, to go off of that for, for a little bit here, the Ori and the Blind Forest dev says that he's embarrassed by the way World War II is portrayed in video games. Uh, he says he wants to make the Schindler list for games uh, called Project Memoir. And uh, he wants to be, it's going to be an extremely controversial story-based game based on events outside of the World War II battlefield. He just gets tired of everything about World War II is let's shoot some Nazis and it's stupid. Do you kind of agree with him or do you think there's a set, you know, a set? I mean, we saw, I mean, it had to do a little bit with the battlefield and all that, but it was kind of this little cutesy story about what we saw with, um, oh God, why am I, why can't I, why am I drawing a blank? The World War One story that Ubisoft made. The, oh, the, the Valiant Heart. Yeah, the Valiant Heart. It's like, so we saw Valiant Heart is kind of be successful in doing something sort of that way. And I think he said he's got inspired by The War is Mine, which sort of is another game sort of in that uh, vein. Do you think this can work? Daniel? Depends on how controversial he's in on making it. He tries to do something that thinks. I mean, if you're talking about World War II, you're looking at battles. You have some espionage going on behind the scenes, but it's mostly battles or what's going on, what is generally going on in Germany at the time. What type of game could he make that's going to be extremely controversial? and not address battles, the only thing I can think of is some type of uh, dealing something with the SS and hunting people, maybe having like a resistance fighting the SS or something, but I don't see what he can do other than having some type of battle in the game. I'll make it a rhythm game. That'll be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he could... Go ahead. I think the last World War II game that came out was maybe the Saboteur. Yeah, and that was a... That's what I can think of. I mean, maybe some, like, crappy shooter, like, or, like, uh, RTS, but I think, like, the last big one was the Saboteur, because Call of Duty moved off from that, Medal of Honor moved off from World War II, like, that that well has been already done. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why we don't... We don't see them going back to that now. Cause... Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more stories set in World War One, honestly, because at least that's more, uh, less explored from a video game standpoint. Right. So you have, uh, this isn't something like that's sort of small, but... I kind of found. I, I wanted to ask you because you have the game and you've you've played it, but uh, apparently uh, nobody likes these Diablo Three Rift trials, and Blizzard said they're going to remove them at some point. Are you on with that, Daniel? Or I didn't really have a problem with it, but I only played in them a few times. I didn't haven't played it. I actually haven't played Diablo Three in a while, but. I didn't have a problem with the Rift Trials at the time. I can see where it would get old having to grind it out over and over. I mean, it's they're listening to what the fans say at this point, which is good. 
if they had listened to what the fans were saying when the game first came out, they wouldn't have to be looking like they're trying to apologize to everybody with everything that they do. True. Anything on that, Mark? I just don't like time stuff in Diablo 3 at all. Like, it just, for me, it never quite works, especially on the PC. Uh, because on console, consoles, it doesn't matter, but PC, you always have to be online, and that introduces a lot, it, it can introduce, like, a lot of lag into the game. Just doesn't make it work well. So, the, the U.S. government apparently is going to allow, they're going to allow people to speak their piece on jailbreaking home consoles, because they passed that ruling that you can now legally jailbreak your phone, and the providers can't you know, hurt you for it. So now they're trying to make this a thing for consoles, which I guess technically you could jailbreak your console, just Microsoft or Sony don't have to let you be on PSN or Xbox Live if you do. But you think that there's a... that people that... I mean, obviously it's to kind of combat piracy, whatever, but is there some kind of legality where this could really be allowed and then it's going to do the opposite where it's just to do what what uh you know have uh have <clears throat> have uh homebrew games or have it to where you can stream other things or whatever instead of just what they allow you to do is is there a reason for this that's not to pirate games sure <laughs> i mean but I think, like oh, do you think it could pass like, my Xbox, my original Xbox has modified, and I can do a lot of stuff on it that isn't necessarily, like, just pirating games. I can run, I can run Netflix on it. I can run, I can go online with it, like, internet sites, or, like, watch videos on it, or, like, XBMC is great. There's a d- bunch of different reasons to do it, which is fine. So I, I mean, the, the one thing I see as being a problem is you're going to have people that, if they do get into it, they're going to be upgrading the consoles, and then instead of all of the consoles having that baseline, you're going to have people uh, upgrading them, making them faster, making them stronger, and creating problems on the network if they don't kick people off Xbox Live for doing it. As for a legal reason to have it, other than maybe getting some certain apps, I don't think you can pretty much do anything but play copied games right now at least on the Xboxes you can go online with it you can watch videos I mean I'm not sure what you would I'm sure that there's stuff that people want to do on it but I don't know what it is off the top of my head yeah but I mean that's that's the point like the, the, there's a lot more negatives there seems like with allowing jailbreaking than it is to just let them have it because yeah it's a minority and yes you know that whole idea of making it illegal for the minority to do it means they'll probably just do it even more or whatever but you have that problem now with things being pirated with PC games being pirated Ubisoft said what like 93 to 95% of their stuff on PC gets pirated I mean so why wouldn't that translate to home console games? If you let the consoles get pirated, the major use that's going to happen with this is see if we're going to go do what they do in other countries, which is, you know, go get burn games or pirated games and play those and not buy the games themselves. I mean, I just don't... Well, 
I also think that it's hard to uh, connect consoles with, to say consoles are the same as phones, because at least with the cell phones, you had the same phone, but with one different chip in it, saying what network it could be on. It's not like the PS4 and the Xbox One are the same inside, and it's just one gets on the PS network and one gets on Xbox Live. There are some major differences there. Yeah, not to mention it kills online gaming. Because if you have a lot of people that are cheating, then they can do all this crazy stuff to their game to screw with it and make it to where it's impossible to beat them. And they already try to do that now. But at least now with Xbox Live, they get supposedly banned and kicked off for cheating. Right. I mean, they already have a hard hard enough time trying to stop it on PC. I mean, I, I can't imagine how much harder it gets with uh, consoles if you let them get jailbroken. But we'll have to see what uh, the government says because technically it is not illegal to break your console. But if, say, the government forces Microsoft or Sony to... You can't just kick these people off your service, then... I don't know, I think you're opening Pandora's box there. I think in an ideal world, you could have it be, you make it still illegal to jailbreak current consoles, but you can have access to, like, the old console. That'd be a good split, I think. Right. Yeah. Because eventually, like, they're going to shut off Xbox Live for the Xbox 360, and let's say you had 200 games on your profile, you can't, you won't be able to download them anymore. So... I'm going to want to do something. <laughs> right, right. Like, your old consoles, that should automate, you know, you should be able to do whatever you want with those old consoles, but the ones that are currently there, just... Yeah. And we, are seeing, uh, we are seeing stuff happen like that with the old consoles, with, like, the Retron 5 and everything, where they're com- making it all-in-one, where you can play Genesis, SNES, NES, Famicom, Game Boy Advance, all those games in one console. Yeah, I mean, so, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, in that aspect, it is still, it is allowed after a certain amount of time. Right. So, I guess the question is, should they be able to do it sooner? Yeah, I, I just don't know about sooner. I mean, I think once you're not doing anything competitive with the console, you're not really selling a lot of gains for it, I think, you know, open it, but... If you're if it's still if it's new like these new consoles are, I mean you're just asking for too much trouble, I think. Well and also you have to look I mean the PS two right now is really popular in India. There's yeah. Sony's still making PS twos and selling them in India. So right. if people can jailbreak consoles in the US, what's to stop them from shipping bro- jailbroken consoles over to India where the PS two is still active and Oh, well, still they, they jailbreak it. those consoles in other countries all the time. Like, I remember going to... I haven't well, gone since, like... That's true. I haven't gone since, like, 98, but I still remember hearing stories, like, now of, uh, of cousins that I have in Venezuela that they play... Their console are always uh, jailbroken. Like, they don't... They don't even... If they sell the actual non-jailbroken system, it's so expensive that it's ridiculous for them to... That, like in other countries, I can totally understand why they do it. It's more of a there's no way I'm going to be able to buy this console, you know. Yeah. Uh, but here, I just don't. 
I don't see the well, reason I, for it unless you're... I guess what I'm saying is looking towards the future, because eventually right. you're going to have the PS2s phase out and get into the more online consoles in other countries, and then that makes more problems. I mean, it makes more problems for those companies overseas. If The more places that they allow jailbreaking, the harder it's going to be for them to go into the online consoles into other com- countries like that. Because right. then suddenly you're going to have somebody from India with a jailbroken console wants to get on PSN or Xbox Live, and they're going to have to determine are we going to keep that person from getting on it? What happens if the competitor lets them on it? What does that do to balance? What does that do to the network itself? Right, yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, there's a uh, one way to block that, you know. Just don't uh, keep doing what you're doing and making it illegal. But it's, uh, it's up to that government, I guess, whatever they decide. I think uh, later... I think it's later this month or in May or something that they're going to do this decision. And if, but. I, and if I had any faith that the gov- people in the government have actually played games, <laughs> I would feel yeah. a little bit better about it. But these the people making the decisions that say the games turn people into raving lunatics who want to kill people. Yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of... Uh, well, I don't, I don't have anything to go along with that, but... Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 announced uh, pretty much. Uh, I mean, we have to wonder. We already saw Sledgehammer come out with those exosuits and introduce new things in Advanced Warfare. Is there really anything to introduce in the Black Ops that's going to make it stand out? Um, they, they are apparently saying something about uh, military robotics are going to be your weapons of, of choice for Black Ops, and it's going to have this twisted future uh, with new black ops soldiers what, what would you want to see him add into the the black ops franchise here uh, if they're going to be doing black ops and you're going to have more stealth I'd like to see like some stealth suits that if you're standing perfectly still you disappear or if you move you know like the predator you got the shimmer if you move but if you're still you're almost invisible I like that idea. I hope they take out the Strike Force missions from Black Ops 2. <laughs> I still have to. Uh, I went from playing Modern Warfare 1 to Advanced Warfare. I haven't. I played. I did not play anything in between because I just didn't think that was going to be my thing until I actually ended up liking Advanced Warfare. But Black Ops 2 is actually really good. Uh, it has a good branching storyline. And it's pretty interesting how, how they do that. Uh, but some of the stuff in it just was really weird. Like the whole Strike Force, like tower defense mission stuff, just did not work well. Take your word for that. But why, why does, like, so just not having stuff that's not shooting or whatever just doesn't work for the. Well, it was like, it was just like wave based survival combat, but you're just playing by yourself. <laughs> And it's like, oh, this, okay, this okay. isn't fun. <laughs> I can understand that, yeah. Like, just be playing like a horde mode, but trying to just solo kill everything doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, we knew this was coming, because as soon as Rock Band decided that they wanted to make Rock Band 4, we knew Activision was going to show up with Guitar Hero. But they took 
Guitar Hero in a different direction. It's now almost back to what Guitar Hero used to be with just the guitar. It seems like from things I've heard from other places, um, I don't know that they've actually put it in, in words yet, but I think Guitar Hero, uh, Activision might have told um, them specifically that it seems like there's going to be no multiplayer other than alternating the guitar. You know, you it's alternating one player and two player or whatever. And it has that live action element with the crowd telling you you suck or you're awesome or whatever and your live action bandmates. And then it has also where you get to play against video backgrounds, kind of like uh, SingStar and stuff like that. Instead of, you know, the cartoony characters or whatever you get in Rock Band. And it seems like possibly... You're not owning any DLC. You're just playing with this streaming service that Guitar is going to uh, introduce. That's available 24/7, and they're going to constantly be able to change things in and out. I'm guessing. Do you like the way that Guitar Hero changed it? Does it make you feel any different about Rock Band? Does it make you feel like? Because I've heard some people, some people told me now that it makes you feel like, well, Rock Band's just the same thing that it used to be. There's going to be nothing different about Rock Band. Now Guitar Hero is the thing that's doing something different, but does that different make you want to play it? Damn. I think I think what it does is it sets the two Riven games apart, which at the when they stopped making them before, there really wasn't much of a difference other than the songs as to the two games. You had different instruments, you do the same things. You have the buttons might be in different places, or you might hit the different. The drum set might look different, but that's about it. At least this way, there's a variation in it, so it doesn't feel like you're playing the same game, just with a different name on it. I mean, I never was huge in the rhythm gaming. I played it, but I never got really into it. So, I, I mean, I would probably be willing to give... If it came down to having to spend my money on one or the other... I would probably spend it on the one that I haven't played before, which would be Guitar Hero, just because it sounds different from Rock Band. Rock Band sounds the same. Guitar Hero sounds different enough that it might be, it might feel like a new game just with the same franchise name. Mark, I think the guitar peripheral looks fine, like from a, from like a how it just looks and like the button placement. I found the crowd thing completely distracting. It looked like an old Sega CD game. Uh, between the two, I'd rather go with Rock Band, uh, just because they have a better track record with that type of stuff, and they're not gonna like continually pump it out like they did with Guitar Hero. And I have a feeling that streaming service, if it launches, it's going to be a disaster for like the first few weeks. That's probably true. I would agree with you on the it possibly be a disaster, but at some point they gotta fix it, right? Like at some point it's gonna work. Do you, and and they they did this. They haven't discussed it, but this also. That's what they said about Halo Master Chief Collection. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of working now. <laughs> yeah, true. It took how long and, did it take? Under and to be fair, the single player, which is what they're saying, this would generally be. Never had a problem. True. Uh, you can't quite compare it to Master Chief Collection, although I do see the desire to. Right. I, I think uh, 
the, the thing that interests me is for one the guitar being different you know having the it gives you that feeling of okay now i can kind of sort of learn how to play guitar again where with rock band you kind of know what you're doing it's either it get you make it harder for yourself or you get more songs or whatever and and the interesting thing too is that the video service or the subscription service allows them to have different uh different pricing tiers like if you want like maybe they could get artists that would have never come on before because you have all this free you know the stuff that comes with the game and then stuff that gets added in but then like for twenty dollars you can play some led zeppelin songs or whatever or 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 some other band that's never been in one of these games before that says okay look they've made some kind of difference here that the, the guitar looks better it looks more like you like sort of like you're learning guitar instead of the way rock band does it but i think it uh, what what daniel said was the important thing for me too is that now i can see myself owning both games and now with rock band saying that they're going to support all the other controllers which makes me happy because now i only have to buy the game but yeah i i do kind of see that like the whole when i stick rock band i know what it is no matter what they're going to add, what they're going to update with, maybe they do introduce some kind of streaming service for their songs too, or whatever. Who knows? But whatever uh, Guitar Hero brings you, aside from the live-action stuff that I'm sure will get old at some point, they, they cannot possibly have that many different settings for the, the live stuff. I mean, you're eventually going to see the same crowd say the same things to you. Um... But I do wonder how that story mode is going to work, though. If you're just going through different clubs and and then go eventually to big arenas and then that's it. Like, will you just be playing the TV part most of the time after that you'll, one part? Yeah. You'll eventually be floating through space playing guitars. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's as possible. Phil and Ted play Mars. <laughs> Right. So Microsoft says they're going to announce a new IP at E3. Based on what we know that they are good at making or what we know they're bringing, is there like a certain kind of game that you think they're missing that a new IP would would fill that spot for them? Daniel? Uh, well... It depends on what Dragonborn is, or Dragon, well, Dragon Skill, Dragonborn. Uh, oh, Scalebound, you mean? Scalebound, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it, right now their big thing that they're missing is a good RPG. Be it a JRPG or a Western RPG, which Scalebound could fill that gap. Or Scalebound could end up being a hack and slash, and then you still need a new RPG. But... I think they're going to try to, I mean, it almost has to be a some type of JRPG or RPG to try to appeal to the Japanese market. Mark? It'll be a Conquer spinoff. Oh, I really hope not. <laughs> no, I think it would really be a new IP, though, would it? Yeah. I think an RPG idea would be great. Like, a, a, a JRPG would especially be good, but... I also think, like, a third-person action game, like, their own version of Uncharted. And I know they have Tomb Raider, but they don't own that. And that'll eventually come to PS4 once that exclusivity deal, like, 
is over. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, that's. I, I do wonder if they're already thinking about doing that, but I wonder if they also want to have a third game in there to compete against something that they already paid some exclusivity rights for. It would be like Microsoft is deciding to let, let's make our own Call of Duty, even though we have like, there's like three games that are in that setting already that come out yearly. Uh, I'm trying to think and I mean, I just think that I, I would worry that Microsoft would just making another shooter sort of game and that's kind of my fear. It's not that. Because <laughs> we already have a Crackdown 3 coming. I mean, what what else do you really need to make in that genre? So, and I mean, the fact that it's AAA, too. They need to take some kind of new leap that's something that Microsoft doesn't always make. Because you can have the indies make all these other things, you know. And you already have shooters out there galore. You don't need another one. Uh, I think... Yeah, I think we covered all the the shooter stuff. Nowhere to go from there. But Lego finally, Warner Brothers and Lego confirmed there. Mark and I talked about this before. The Lego Dimensions, their Toys to Life uh, game that's coming out. It's gonna be a little bit cheaper. Oh, it's actually gonna be a little bit more expensive, I think, than what the the other. I mean, I remember Disney's was seventy five, and 70. I think that's what. Yeah, it's 70, and Skylanders is around that. I think it's like 65, something like that. And Lego Dimensions is going to be, I think, like $100? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, if you're coming into it fresh, I mean, why are you... Shouldn't you be charging less to get people to pay for your pay, play your game? I don't know. I mean, what, what do you... Th they showed off some of the minifigures... And uh, that it's going to have different packs and uh, stuff that you can build on. Like, they're going to have different ones. Like, they're going to have packs kind of like the Infinity ones where they come with their set things. Then there's going to have other ones that you can build the Legos uh, for that pack or whatever. Does this interest you at all? Or what do you think, Daniel? Uh, well, I missed part of that. <laughs> but... Uh... My phone's starting to mess up a little bit, but from what I heard you describe, I keep thinking back to Lego Spelled MMO. The free-to-play MMO where you had to buy bricks to build stuff. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if they might be going down that same path with this by charging you to build other stuff and everything. I mean, Lego is probably one of the few things out there, Pokemon being another, that can support this type of figuring, figuring game like what Infinity is and all that. So, the big thing is you don't want to price people out of it. Right, so you think that charging $25 more than what the other two do is too expensive? That's going to hurdle. I mean, we saw with the Xbox One and PS4, what a price difference, how big of a gap it put out there. I mean, $25 for a game is pretty expensive when you think about it. Mark? 
I think you're right, but also I think at this point Lego isn't for kids anymore. <laughs> like, it's they still have plenty of Lego stuff that comes out just for kids, though. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, you've got some for kids and some for adults. It's just yeah, but the Lego stuff for kids is like make a little car, and the Lego stuff for adults is buy the Simpsons house or buy the Golden Girls uh, kitchenette set or whatever for a hundred dollars. And God. <laughs> Please that's don't a, give them any ideas. No, they no, that's are happening. Making, that yeah. Golden Girls thing. Oh is yeah, it is, isn't it? And it's like I saw that at the beginning of the month, and I thought that was just an April Fool's joke. No, uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of characters they put in it into it, because you don't think they'll put Marvel characters into it for sure. Well, uh, yeah, but I think it's just too expensive, and kids might want it. But a parent's just going to say, I'm going to screw that, I'm going to buy you the Infinity set instead because it's cheaper and it has Groot in it. <laughs> right, and it has characters you know, which they already have. The 3.0 ones got leaked and it has the original Mickey and Minnie in it. So, I mean, like, you just. It's one of these where, unless you already have Lego stuff for your kids and you go, oh, there's this thing they can play with their, their game system. Okay. Let's buy them that, but oh damn, it costs a hundred dollars just to get started, and then I have to buy all these other little things too. It's just now one thing that I think they could help them is if they tied it in with actual physical sets. Like if you bought a physical Lego set, you could enter in a code online and get those that same set on the game as well as having it as a physical set. Then I could see the additional cost being there. That'd be cool, or also Lego Joel McHale. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's just do a Lego community set. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. They should. I'm surprised they haven't done that as a joke or something yet. Just... Well, I mean, you've got, with the paintball stories, you've got a ready made video game. <laughs> I just think, uh, you know, and then, and then these little extra packs also cost their own money. So it's not like, you know,. You have the starter that costs ninety nine dollars, and then everything else costs like five bucks a piece. There's like these, every little. I think the fun pack costs like twenty five bucks, and at some point you gotta understand you're aiming at the same kids, like the same kids that already have Skylanders and Disney. Like you're asking parents to buy another thing that also has more things attached to it. At some point, I think part of it is. I think part of it is Lego thinks that because kids buy their Lego sets, which are generally priced more than other toys, they'll see that same carryover and they're going to get severely disappointed. Yeah, I mean, people do buy their video games. Yeah, but the video games cost the same. The video, like, Lego Marvel Super Heroes wasn't $25 more than uh, Halo 5 will be. I mean, it was the same price. If they start charging extra above, just for the le- above and beyond what other places have, just for the Lego name, they're going to run into trouble. Fair enough. Yep. So, Daniel, have you been able to play anything? And- uh, I've started a little bit of playing World of Tanks on the PC. I've played. I've spent about four days playing that here and there, hour or two a day. 
very fun. I haven't run across much cheating or anything. I mean, it's a fun little game to play when you've got a, an hour here or there to kill. I'm looking forward to trying out uh, World of Warships whenever that releases because that looks a lot of fun from the videos that I've seen. If anybody happens to be listening to that with a beta key, feel, please feel free to send it to me. But uh, I have a friend who works for that company. I could maybe ask him. <laughs> oh, please do, because I'd love to try out the game, and if they don't have any uh, uh, block, blockade on media reviews, having some type of early uh, impression on the game, because from what I've seen on YouTube, it looks really fun. There you go. Somebody better hook up, <laughs> hook Daniel up with that, that game. Uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Star Drive 2 and Masters of Orion 2. Mainly because me and the person that I work with found out that they work on our work computers and during downtimes at work, we can have something like that going. <laughs> Dang, Masters of Orion too. Jeez. Yes, we went old school. <laughs> that hot new release. <laughs> yeah. That, hey, my brother still was better playing. than three. True. <laughs> uh, dang it! Now I had a, somewhere to go. So apparently, the Sony has trademarked a PS Vita redesign again in Japan. Okay, I can understand in Japan, but if this comes out over here, like. Is there a point to that coming out over here? I mean, is is anybody really out there going, I want to buy a Vita at this point? Well, the PSP went through four redesigns, so sure, why not? Has anybody talked with Randall recently? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he does own a Vita. I mean, maybe he wants a new model. Yeah, but I mean... Unless they put out a Vita that also works as a cell phone. I don't see them breaking into a market here. I also think you have to do like the 3DS does, and you have to make your memory cards standard. Like, having your own yeah. memory cards that are exorbitantly priced is ridiculous. Well, that's only for you. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, well, it makes well, I mean, not- even, when, even when digital cameras were first coming out, Sony had to have their own memory cards they wouldn't use SD cards well they did that so they can control the market and charge you I mean exactly <laughs> that's Sony for you right which not to say other companies don't do that as well it's just I had I had a bio laptop and I couldn't use any standard expensive expansion like memory or anything for it I had to use stuff either put out by Sony or licensed by Sony which costs more than the standard yeah yeah, and then they wonder why they're not in the laptop business anymore. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's the same thing. It's just why, like, you know, phones are already killing portable devices. You don't want to have any other barriers of entry. It just doesn't make any sense to me, but it is what it I is, mean, I guess. I mean, here's the thing. If they came out with a Vita that you could also make cell phone calls on, had it, for, had it work for any network, I think they would get more interest in the Vita. Because it's a handheld console that can also be used as a cell phone. I know Engage bombed hard, but that was just a disaster from the beginning. But that's a really weird shaped phone. 
Well, I mean, turn it on side. Well, one engage was like that because they made two of them. Yeah, or, they made one I mean, that even, like an old uh, Game Boy Advance, and then they made another one. Or, I mean, even have it where you can just, you have to hook it up through a Bluetooth headset to use as a phone. Yeah, that's fine. You don't actually hold it up, but you can just make calls through a Bluetooth headset, and you're good. I mean, I, I think guess doing it would something be like that, than... that would be enough of a game changer to where you don't look at it and say, hey, look, it's another handheld like the 3DS, but it's... I'd rather have the 3DS because it has more games than I've heard of it. Right. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be any worse than when you use your tablet as a phone if you do that because it's the same. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's all. I could easily see people, uh, especially having like college students, playing on the Vita and talking, using a Bluetooth headset to talk at the same time and just using it as a phone while you could still play a game. I'd go for that. I can play my game while I'm talking to you on the phone. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think they would have to do something substantial for it to come over here and actually make an impact. I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, just... this The, you, the, the Vita is what it is right now, unless you're going to start making some big-time games for it again. Well, they'll add a third analog stick. <laughs> you never know. People are picky that way. Uh, let's see what. Um. So GameStop wants to do. Uh, they they have run out of ways to compete with current things, so they're going to start competing with eBay and Amazon on letting you sell your retro consoles and retro games. But knowing GameStop's track record of we're going to not give you a lot of money for your old stuff but then overcharge you, if they're charging you more than eBay or Amazon, are you really going to use it? Well, I don't think they would charge you more than eBay or Amazon because if their goal is to compete against them, overcharging you is not going to help you do that. And as much as people like to hate on GameStop, and granted they deserve some of the hate, I've seen, uh, where I used to live in Tennessee, there was a fairly local company on the Tennessee-Virginia border that had stores where you could trade in video games and you could, uh, you could do new games and old games as well. And that did old consoles, everything, they would have it on hand as opposed to having to get it through online. But it did really well because people like playing old video games as well. Games, I think GameStop would, even just entering that market would probably make them some money. It might not make, I mean, it might not make them two, three billion dollars extra a year, but it could be enough of an increase to where it's worthwhile for them. Uh, I don't think they would have any clue on how to actually handle that market. I think I was joking with you about how someone could bring in like a boxed, like a new inbox copy of Earthbound, and the GameStop guy go like, "I'll give you two bucks for it." Like, no. <laughs> and uh, it's a neat idea, but I mean, there are already shops out there 
everywhere around, like local mom and pop shops or even smaller chain stores that do it better, like you just said. Yeah, but it depends on where you're at. When I lived in, uh, when I was on the Tennessee Virginia border, there was a local, there were the shops, there was a local chain. When I lived in Nashville, North Carolina, hour and a half away, there was nothing. Like you either have to go to pawn shops or get games online to find old games. Yeah, but this this um, test or this GameStop thing is only in, I think, New York and one other city. So yeah. well, yeah, they're testing it in those markets. And also, before like, they release it nationwide. Yeah, but like it's not going to like every store is going to have a copy of Mario World or Mario RPG. Well, they're, or, they're not going to even sell it in the store. It's yeah, you yeah. bring your stuff into the store and then. You go on GameStop.com to buy whatever you want. You know. I'm sure you can probably order it through the store as well as you take your stuff in there to trade. Yeah. But I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a small market because overall there's not a huge huge market out there for older games. But convenience wise, I think you're going to see a lot of people going to GameStop for that if they do if it does do well in the test market because. If it bombs in the test market, they're going to just cancel it and say it didn't work. There's not a big enough market for it, and that's the end of it. Yeah, right. And I think too, you have the. the I think giving credit for testing it instead of just saying we're going to do this and throw it out nationwide without any type of testing. Oh yeah, that would be just for something like this. It'd be really dumb for them to go. Okay, we're just going to start doing this now, and then when it doesn't make them any money because people don't have a. It just I I think you need the time to be able to go, okay, if it doesn't work in New York, it's not going to work. And then, you know, you just go, okay, well, we cut our losses and, and whatever. But I just think the infrastructure you have to do to build this website, to have all the stuff there, and then to ship it to where it's supposed to go and make sure you're charging the money that, that you're charging for it that's not overpriced. You know, you have to have somebody keep up with whatever's being sold on eBay and Amazon and all that stuff. And I, I, I do think that it does give you a way for a lot of people who, like me, who don't always want to go, okay, I don't want to go necessarily go put this on eBay or go through the hassle of putting it on, on one of those sites, but I can just walk into GameStop and hand them this game and they hand me my money and I'm done, you know. And then yeah. it's up to them whatever they want to sell it for or whatever. I don't have to be the one doing all that and keeping track of it and and whatever they do all the hard stuff for me so i think there's a market for that too the people just go around going oh crap i got all these old things sitting here i'm never gonna play them i'm not a collector here GameStop, have it uh so, so speaking of uh i was gonna add, have you gotten to watch uh, the daredevil show at all either one of you? i uh, i have watched all the last two episodes i've watched like the first four i only watched the first one what did you guys think? It was fine. I liked it. I think it's a good way to get the smaller comic book characters out there and to let them gain a following. I mean, Daredevil's really going to be the biggest of the four that they're going to do this with initially. And when I say biggest, I mean the highest profile overall. I mean, Luke Cage and Iron Fist have never really had... They've had some successful solo series or team-up series, but never had a movie made by them, and it's never been as successful as Daredevil was. 
But, I mean, they've done a, from what I've seen, they've done a really good job with it. I'm looking forward to seeing the last two episodes. I'm all for doing more of this with the smaller heroes. I really like the way they've been telling the story and just the the actor that they have playing uh, Murdoch. I care about him instantly a lot more than I ever cared about Ben Affleck. Just... You know, just I, I think I, I really like the way that the story is being done and that just leading through the episodes, you get bits and pieces of his origin without having to have a whole episode on his origin or whatever. You just they're telling you this narrative that's going through and uh, it, it kind of and it makes sense. And then you also get pieces of his personality and everything. I just um, I, I hope that this is a future calling card for the rest of them, because if it's this good for this one. I'm instantly interested in all the rest of them. Uh, I think it's going to be really good for the street-level heroes. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would never work with, like, a Thor or an Iron Man, but doing it with Daredevil, Luke Cage, it's going to work with those type of Marvel properties. Yeah, because I think it, it it's not big enough to be in a movie theater... But I think when you have it be its own TV show on a network or whatever, you've got to deal with all the ratings and and all the you know stuff with networks getting involved and messing around with things. I think Netflix gives them the freedom to do it the way they want it to, and you can tell that story and have it connect with the people that are there. And it's a way to get people to get Netflix, which is another reason to do it, obviously. Well, and it's not to say it couldn't lead to a movie down the road if it becomes that popular. Yeah, true. You know, certainly Daredevil, you know, it had its movie. It's not like it can't have another one if uh, it works. And, you know, the TV and the, the movie could actually, you know, be combined together. Unlike, uh, yeah, you know, with DC and all that. Uh, speaking of Netflix, though, they feel like eventually Netflix is going to have to go onto a global network because they feel like that's the easiest way they're going to be able to com- combat the... VPN switching and all that stuff that and then they can combat piracy little by little once they go into a network where everybody has the same thing on Netflix and it's not region coded you think that that will work that that fixes things sort of it'll fix something I think it, it would fix some things but Hollywood is still going I mean the way it's, it's the entire industry is still set up you still have local rights and local distribution and until that changes Netflix isn't going to be able to go onto a global network yeah I, I mean you do have those legal barriers they have to deal with I think but I think overall yeah the most part is that if you tell people okay here's what's available for everyone and we no longer have this okay well in the US there's this and in Canada, there's this or whatever. You don't have people changing their VPN so that they'll get the U.S. version or whatever. And I mean, but either way, I mean, you're still paying for it. It's like the the thing with WWE Network too. You know, it's you really can't get upset because it's not like they're stealing the network. They're still paying for it. They're just getting another region's version. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything? Uh, oh, um. 
Did you guys think that it was, uh, is it a blow to Nintendo at all? Or, I mean, Nintendo's going to mobile themselves, but that Level 5 has announced that sequels to some of the Nintendo 3DS's big games, I mean, I'm not, Fantasy Life isn't that big, Professor Layton is a pretty big game for them. To have both Professor Layton series and, and the Fantasy Life sequel go to mobile and not 3DS, is that a big deal for Nintendo? Like, does that hurt them? I don't think it hurts them because, especially with Professor Layton, and I'm sure if you ever got the Phoenix Wright sequel as well, those are games that would work really well on phones because there's not a lot of graphical issues with them. You can leave in the middle of something and come back to it. It's not like you have to be sitting there and have something live action going on where you have to hit a button immediately or you're going to lose. I would be, I mean, I'm not sure how well they've been selling recently because I feel like they've kind of fallen out of popularity here. I haven't heard as much about those type of games as you used to. And I think for the power of the 3DS, those games are kind of wasted, are wasting the power of the console. Yeah, that was just going to be my point, was, like, they kind of oversaturated the market with latent games, so, and, like, if they can get it onto a different platform, they might, re- like, kind of reignite people's interest with it, or start it anew. And Level 5 also said that the, part of the reason they're doing it is because adults are playing on novels and not necessarily on the 3DS, that, you know, yeah. it, I mean, if I, I mean, I, I obviously Nintendo doesn't care about that part, but you know, being an adult 3DS owner, that kind of hurts. Just, just saying, level five. Some of us do like your games that are not good. But, I mean, I just it's it's hard for me to pay for play for stuff on my phone. Like you know, Hearthstone comes out, which is this really pisses me. I understand that part of it's because it's such a big game. You can't put it all on an SD card or whatever, but you can't expect that people just have all the space to play games on their phone's memories. The fact that WWE Mortals does, has this problem, you know, Hearthstone, you have these big-ass games that come on and then it's like, okay, well now I have to basically erase half the crap on my phone to be able to even get this to play. And then once I have memory that starts getting added or any kind of data files that, again, it takes, it takes it to where I can't play it on my phone. It's just I don't know. I was kind of upset because I really wanted to play Hearthstone on my phone, but I think there needs to be a better system to make this stuff... Uh, play it on PC. <laughs> yeah, I can play it on PC, no problem, but like when I'm out, you know, say with my kid at the doctor or something, and I want to just play a couple rounds of Hearthstone, I can't... Play that Final well, Fantasy I think 13 just... game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it just goes to show that everybody calling for the death of video game consoles because people are going to play games on their on their phones it shows that that's not necessarily accurate yeah because i mean i'm not the only one there's a whole freaking form for it (laughs) and at least at blizzard there's a whole section of people that are complaining about it and i know um with immortals like everybody just keeps telling me to play on a tablet i was like i don't want to go buy a tablet you know some of us don't have just money to go buy this thing that I don't really need for any reason. (laughs) 
So, uh, but yeah, just that's there, and I, I I believe that too. I think uh, there was a study. Or, I mean, we keep seeing this with the with the sales of games. Period. Like just people are still buying these consoles. People are still buying everything that has to do with with video games. And I think uh, even going into the digital age, you're still it's not going to be this. Everybody playing games on their phones, even. Even with what Square Enix did, which you know Mark mentioned, the whole they got to be able to put Final Fantasy 13 on your on their phone because of this cloud gaming thing that they have. I can see more things going that way, where you're you have the ability to play more big games on your phone. But I don't ever see it where everything is going to be on our phones now, because if that was the no. case, then these portable systems like the 3DS and the Vita would be all the rage right now then. Yeah, I mean, if how many times have you seen stories online saying that the Xbox One and PS4 are going to be the last big consoles? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. People are always going to buy consoles. They're buying these consoles at a record pace. It's not like the console sales are tapering off from generation to generation. They're still growing. Yeah, they're growing faster than the Yeah, until you start to see a plateau or a reduction in sales from generation to generation, calling for the death of console gaming is, in my mind, extremely premature. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can understand the point of him saying that, like, uh, the Twitch guy that said that they don't update fast enough. Well, it's just like, well, I mean, that's the point. If yeah, they wanted something he, that updates really fast, go buy a computer. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people prefer console gaming over PC gaming. You don't have to constantly update your system or download the newest update. You have to do that. One update a month, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, sure, you do have to do that. Every update for every game that you buy, or whatever. But, I mean, that's just kind of the natural the way it is. But, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Mark, do you have a... Yeah, uh, like, I'm, I'm a big PC gamer, but my PC at this point is three years old, and I need to update it, and I don't have the money to do that. Meanwhile, I have a PS4, and if I'd gotten Mortal Kombat for that instead, it'd be fine. I wouldn't be pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can understand you. You got it for, like, half the price on PCs. Yeah, I got it for, like, 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and especially with, you know, consoles are having sales. Like, you know, the sales kind of like Steam now a lot more where they they have these flash sales and and all this stuff. I mean, so there's they're seemingly learning. And well, they're not they're not quite learning correctly because like I was looking at PSN store uh, like last night and Thief is still 60 bucks online or on PSN. Meanwhile, on Amazon it's 15. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, wait a second. <laughs> it's probably just because I mean, they they had a. I don't know why they do it on the consoles. They just if you try to buy something digitally, they still want to overcharge you for it. And I think as we can move away from having the retail presence more and more, they'll learn that you might have to do these price drops fast, especially for a game that was not that great to begin with. Um, well, part of me wonders if the reason that you get the pricing on the console is if the publisher has more to say about it on digital pricing through a console than pricing in a store. I expect they do. <laughs> well, I'm sure, that, I mean, I'm sure that they have to talk to 
whoever to even do the sale in the first place. So, and and so in that case, it's not really the console not learning; it's the publisher not learning. Right. Not everybody can be Nintendo and go. Okay, we need never to mark their games, games so, down. Yeah, never mark our games down. But I, I can understand their point. I think Mark talked about this in here before that like. At least you know that, you know, that the, the games are valuable later because they still cost that amount of money. But then in the same time frame, like, if I wanted to go buy a Wii U right now, I'm still paying $50, $60 for all these games. And some of them are pretty old at this point. Like, and if it were, if they were for any other console, they would be down to 20 bucks right now or even less. And then you can buy more for the... I mean, it encourages you to buy a Wii U because I can buy more things for the same price instead of less. Yeah. It is what it is, I guess. Well, Jim, um, I have to hop off here. It was a pleasure talking to everyone. Um, oh, man. Hopefully, we can make this more reg- regular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be nice for it to be more regular. Maybe we can get everybody back together around E3 for a uh, reunion show or something. Hmm. Yes, we need to do that. But all right, man, Dan, you take care, sir. Later. You too. All Goodbye. right, well, I... So, the street, um, Capcom said that Street Fighter Five is going to... They want to create a larger scope for the game and also make it something easier for casuals to get into. Does that uh, bring up red flags? Because I know there's tons of fanboys already upset about the fact that the casuals being in, entered. So. I, I would want them to actually introduce like a training mode for that game because I don't think they ever have before. <laughs> I will totally agree with you on that. Because <laughs> the whole button combinations to do moves for that game is just uh, a, a little uh, little crazy still. when You you know, and then back in the day, you could kind of get away with it and just sit there and press buttons. But now it's like, I don't well, know if you can do that anymore. <laughs> well, I think every other fighting game, or fighting, like, or uh, franchise has a good pretty in, like, involves like training mode to like bring you up to date on the game systems not just well I mean here's a move list and here's a dummy you can play with and that's it <laughs> right well who knows maybe they're listening and we'll do it we'll have to see on that front um I think I never actually but really after over these two weeks I've played a lot more of Xenoblade Chronicles um, I've uh, which I think I'm really close to being able to jot down that review of it uh, I've enjoyed it a lot as I'm going through it I think finally once I got a handle on the quest that the the nice thing is that they took it away from the Wii where a lot of the Wii uh, qu- on, the, on the Wii a lot of the quests were you had to go back to the original person and some of that's still there. Like, one of them's really annoying. I'm trying to find this girl that I fixed her watch. And she only comes during certain time periperiods. And I'll, still, I'll literally, like, go do something. 
and then like sometimes five minutes later it's nighttime already and I miss my <laughs> my cue for that you know so oh. y- yeah I-, I can beat that Omega Quintet has quests you can pick up like along the town and it's like go collect three rose petals in this area so you go to the area but you won't be able to access where you need to go specifically to get the ro- to rose petals and also the, t- the quest is timed so eventually you just fail. <laughs> nice. And it's kind of yeah. like, why didn't you hold off until I get the jump ability, like, powered up, so then I can actually get up there? Like, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I also finally beat God of War Ascension, which made me start thinking about, maybe I should go back and play these series of games that I have but I haven't actually sat down and tried to beat them because uh, I have all these games and they're just kind of sitting there because I you know going through and reviewing things you kind of just go on to the next game and you some a lot of times don't get to go back into your backlog or whatever so I beat Ascension I'm sort of halfway through Chains of Olympus right now and it's such a drastic thing going from a PS3 game to a remastered sort of PSP game that still has the really the PSP graphics on a PS3 honestly yeah um, so it's it's a bit weird but I'm getting through it I think okay. uh, I you know I, I don't I can kind of see what what annoying people with Ascension but I don't see it as this bad game or anything I I enjoyed it and it was a little bit shorter I think than a lot of the other God of War games are but that doesn't take away anything from it. Um, I, I wouldn't so. know. I, I can't play it since my hard drive is too small. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, understandable. I guess. When you only have like 12 gigs on your... <laughs> well, even if it, it's a 60 gigabyte PS3, but even if I deleted everything, I still couldn't download it. Oh, damn, really? Because you need like 64 gigabytes to... Oh, yeah, because of all the DLC uh, that it makes you automatically update in there. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, well, anything else that you can... Nope. Alright, well, I gotta get out of here to go pick up my kid from daycare, so I guess let's get to those plugs really quick. Uh, the 8-Ball will be up tonight. It's on the top uh, 8 Xbox One games you should own. I mentioned Dave Lang a lot, so that's pretty cool. And my Omega Quintet review should be out next week when that game comes out. I don't know when. The 28th, I think. But the review set, or the like review packet I got said no embargo, so who knows. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Daniel that was on here, he, um, if you don't know, and this is like your first time listening or something, he, he has a, he just had a, Alright, where him and his wife just had a baby not too long ago, so... Until... You know, that... When we usually don't record at this hour, either. We usually record really late at night, so... Until his his child starts sleeping through the night more, it's probably going to be one of these where he can't... Be on... For a while, and then Robert... I'm sure he's in, in school or something, so... I didn't even bother asking him, but... Yeah, he does the Games Factor Fiction, organizes that, comes out on Thursday mornings in the, the Game Zone. I organized the game's top five, and last week was top... Why am I blanking on all this stuff right now? 
Um, it was uh, top five Mortal Kombat games. I have to actually go through and look as far as what's going to be this week's top five, but I'll get it out, get that out there. I did a four PC on that came out on Saturday, uh, so go check that out. It had some Guitar Hero Live and Call of Duty questions on there. I gotta come up with four things to you know put out there today for questions since it has to go back on regular schedule at some point here. And I, I have the, uh, the this podcast. If you're if you're going on four one one and you're listening to it, um, I, I do tend to post it in there. But we are available on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and Player FM and Blueberry. We're available on places that you can listen to us on your phone. That's a lot more convenient or on your tablet or whatnot. Um, you can go right and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps out a lot. So hopefully you'll listen and be able to tell us whether you think we suck hmm. or, you know, we're just what you're looking for, whatever. And if you have any ideas for anything we can add or change to the show, that's also welcome as well. I'm still working on getting a Facebook presence and being more of a presence on Twitter for this. It's just it's hard when you got other stuff that you need to go promote and whatever, too. Um, yeah. Speaking. Speaking of those things, uh, I got a sports podcast called Football to Football that's also on our Spreaker thing that has co-op multi. Uh, we did two shows, an NBA playoff preview, which the NBA playoffs already started, so that may not be something you want to sit there for. But uh, Matt and I also did a um, MLS Week 7 uh, preview and discussed a few things that are going on uh, with that as well. And our Rusted to the Max show, which is on Tuesday nights, um, around midnight Eastern, we go live, and then we're on demand on all those other places I already discussed on there. We'll be talking about Raw, the go-home to Extreme Rules, previewing Extreme Rules, and and talking about a few other things. So you can go check that out if you want. That's also posted on 401 as well, if you're interested in that. And... Yeah, just one more shout-out because they officially debuted on 401 uh, Games this week. Uh, Rand, my uh, buddy Randy Isbell and uh, uh, his friend Wes Harrington, you'll see them in my four-player co-op in the, in the GameStop 5 a few times as well. They they uh, started their back... Well, they didn't start it. It's episode 4 of their backlog busting project. They talked about Crash Bandicoot and... Uh, I think Wes had to talk about hydrophobia. <laughs> and they talked about a few things going on as well there. So go into the 4-1 Game Zone. It's there in the columns. Check them out. You can get them on iTunes or Stitcher as well, you know. So just got to help the, help the Game Zone continue to grow. So, All right. Well, until uh, – should be – might be back. Might, might, this Monday time might work, actually. Hmm. So – I don't know if, because I work at four in the morning. Sometimes I nap, sometimes I don't. By the time we get to Sunday, yeah, I don't know. But we'll be back either Sunday night or Monday or some point next week. Um, until then, guys, everybody enjoy your games. What what is coming out? Nothing. Week, by the way, nothing. Nothing's coming out. Nothing, nothing good. Like, <laughs> until next week, I guess. Yeah. When when you have a. There is I think like Natural Selection 2 is coming out, and that's about it. Yeah, oh, Shovel Knight comes to the PlayStation systems, if you've been waiting to play that for a while. Oh, Killing Floor 2, that was it. But Yeah, Killing Floor 2, and 
the uh, Slowdown Bowl game, which is Insomniac's first PC game. And Assassin's Creed China. Oh, yeah, the Assassin's Creed China. That actually doesn't look too bad. It looks a lot like Mark of the Ninja. But yeah. Yeah. All right, well, until next week. See you later, guys. Later.